Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by a special friend of mine, Jose Luis Lopez Verlade Gonzalez. And Jose is an expert in relationship advice and personal growth. He is a humanist psychologist with a master's degree in NLP and is currently studying for his second master's in clinical sexology. His book on relationship advice for women has been sold in 76 countries through online marketing, and he's been able to touch more than 10 million lives with his videos, articles, and online courses. To accomplish all this, he had to become an expert in digital marketing and build a team so his company could produce and market all of his content. I've asked him to join us here today to share his story, some of the lessons he's learned, and how we can use them to improve our own results. So, Jose, Louis, thank you so much for joining us today. I always appreciate your time. It's been way too long since we talked. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate the invitation and the opportunity to share what I've learned during these years and this venture of online marketing and relationship advice. Thank you very much. I'm really glad to be here. Yeah, I mean, it's been, I mean, you, yeah, you definitely know your stuff. I mean, it's so important, not only just with the business, having you know gone through ups and downs and, and being able to build a team and pay for staff, but you could even just see the quality of your relationships. Like when I was at your wedding, you can just really see that even with you and your wife and just even the people around you that you'd obviously walk the talk. So I think there's a lot of value here for the listeners and I knew it would be a good call to have. So, but one of the things that I do want to start off with is I'm not even sure, I don't even know the answer to this, but how did you even get started in business? Like, do you come from a family, family of entrepreneurs? How did you even get going? Uh, well, not really, actually. I don't come from, from a family of entrepreneurs, actually. Well, my grandfather, he was, he actually built a business here in Mexico and then he sold it. So I never actually saw him building the business. I only saw him in, in the last years of his, his career when he already sold the business. He already had all the money, all the liquidity. And I just saw, yeah, I just saw him using that money and that wealth. And it was kind of a, a contrast for me because all of my uncles and my father, they had all of the resources they wanted to during their young ages. And then after, during the, the other side of their, their lives, they started having a lot of troubles with money because they never learned how to make it. They only learned how to spend it. Mm. So when my <laughs> grandfather was not there anymore to provide it, they kept on doing what they knew how to do, which was spend, spend it. Money. <laughs> exactly. And then we started having a lot of troubles, which was really a paradox for me because I grew seeing a lot of opportunity and seeing a lot of wealth. And then suddenly it all disappeared. Mm. My father had to sell uh, the houses he had. My grandfather gave him like seven houses and he sold, he has to sell them all and he didn't build a business. And then we went from having a lot of, of things to have none. And actually we had a lot, a lot of troubles with money from my young ages. And then I remember that was the, the, uh, the frustration because I knew, I believe something like that has to be there. So you know it's possible. Mm -hmm. And then you also need to want it because 
I believe that was the combination that got me where I am right now because I, I saw that it was possible. I, I saw that they had the liberty, the opportunity. They had everything, and then suddenly we had nothing. So that pushed me through studying, reading, trying to find what I wanted to do with my life and actually wanted to, to build wealth, to help people, to grow myself. And that was pretty much it. That, that paradox of knowing that it can be done, but then seeing a completely different story in my house. Yeah, that, that, was, pretty much, that was pretty much it. Did, it was really frustrating. So how did you get started, though? How did you, like, what was your first business venture? What was your first, for you, your first parlay? Like, what got you into entrepreneurship and even owning your own business? The first thing that I tried, it was MLM marketing. That was the very first that I tried, yes. And, and then after I got frustrated a lot, I, I asked myself, there has to be a better way of doing this. There has to be a better way. How come they, they keep on telling me that this has been working for 25 years? Okay, so how come in 25 years nobody has reached a different and better way to do this, MLM marketing? Do I really need to approach every single person in my family and every single person that I ever met? And then I got online to make my research, and then I met or I learned about Mike Dillard. Mike Dealer and Magnetic Sponsoring. Okay. He was the one that introduced me to internal marketing. So I purchased his courses, his materials, mm-hmm. and then I started trying to put them on, on track. But then he sent one email, one small email saying, if you ever were interested in selling information instead of your career on MLM marketing, you should take a look at this guy who is my mentor. And he had a small link there for a launch on even Pagan course. And that got me there. And that launch was for a course called Ignition. That was a $4,000 course, I guess. Mm. For the first time, I saw an opportunity to actually make my, my dream come true, to actually create wealth, to, to change my situation, the situation of my family, the situation of, of everyone, pretty much a lot of people around me. I was in that circle there. And that opportunity was, was, was a lot. I, I, I used to work in a call center in the billing department, I used to call people to tell them that they owe the company money mm-hmm. and call them money. That was my job back then. Sounds and, like a fun job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you you call people to tell them they owe money and if they don't pay, you're going to take their car because they ask for money for a car and then they don't they don't pay. Right. You much yeah, so it's it's complicated. I mean, you you are pretty much every day hearing those bad type of situations. And suddenly there is an opportunity for you to change that. And couldn't afford it. Mm-hmm. That was too expensive for me. I, I was making $200 per month. That was what I was making. And this thing cost $4,000. Right. So it was way out of my league. But he opened one spot for $1 in one month. He said, okay, you pay $1 and you can stay here for a month. And you can have this coaching program. And if that works for you, then you pay the rest of it and you keep on with it. So I paid the dollar and because I had one dollar. Right. I on board and it was amazing. It was like eye-opening to see how other people around the world could actually make this happen. And they were selling information and they were selling stuff and they were turning their lives around. And I was like, I'm smart. I can do this. Mm-hmm. If they do it, how come I can't do it? It was eye-opening and by the end of that month i couldn't afford to steal the four thousand but there was no way back for me Mm -hmm. so i resigned my job and i got a loan from a friend of mine we both actually you met him on the on the wedding gustavo Mm -hmm. and we paid for the course and then we started building websites 
because that was something that we could sell with the persons we met here in, in, in our city. Mm -hmm. and at the same time, we could fund ourselves to keep on learning, to start the online marketing venture. It was the very first thing that, that, that I did, and we started selling websites. That was pretty much what we done. But we did back then, selling websites. Got it, got it, got it. So you started with websites, and then when did you transfer into selling your knowledge and becoming an online expert and becoming, a, yeah, like a, an information marketer? Yeah, that was a transition also because of, yeah, I, I'm realizing as I speak that for me, frustration has been a thing that drives me. When someone tells me that I can't do something, when I face some sort of a wall, I figured out how to get to the other side of it with my friend, with Gustavo. We built a website in a, in a book on a Win Without Luck. That was the name of our book. Okay. It was to teach people how to play poker online. And <laughs> yeah, because Gustavo used to do that. And, and, and he earned enough money to, to not be working anywhere else. And he was pretty much free the playing online. He only worked three hours per day. So it was pretty good. So for him, it was pretty good. So... I decided, okay, I'm learning this thing on how to market and how to sell information online, but I got no information to sell. So how about if we sell your information? So we did that. But after we worked on that and we worked around a lot, that didn't, didn't work because we, were, we had really good information, but we couldn't get the traffic going because the keywords and the SEO and everything was really hard because we were competing with other casinos. We were competing mm. with Pokestar and with all these big casinos that they got courses on how to play poker. Mm. So it, it was pretty complicated. Then, I, then we realized that the three, piece, the three markets would be that you don't join because it's just too overwhelming with, with the cost per click and competition, right. which is porn, pills, and poker. <laughs> porn, pills, and poker. <laughs> yeah, you can't because you are, you are playing against monsters. They got a lot of budget to, to overwhelm you with pay-per-click and SEO work. Mm. So it's just really complicated. That's something that I learned from, from even Pagan on one of his courses. So Gustavo resigned. He stopped working on that. And then I, I was left with nothing. So then I said, you know what? I cannot keep on trying to sell someone else's information because somewhere around, uh, around this line, it's not on me if we stop. That other person want to stop. I can't do anything about it. Right. So I have to find a way to do both things. I need to be the expert on how to sell online, so this thing works, and I need to be the expert in something else, mm. so I can sell it. So around that age, I also had a lot of troubles with with relationships. Uh, that's where the stories kind of they pair. <laughs> because I, that's that, that that was the funny thing because when I met even Pagan. Uh, Gustavo was really funny. He was really into dating advice online. Hmm. Uh, he told me about this amazing guy who is David D'Angelo. He has his Double Your Dating website and so on. And it was really funny to realize that David D'Angelo and Evan Pagan were the same, same guy. guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we both were following the same guy just in different markets. So when Gustavo resigned what we were doing, I started trying to do something like Evan Pagan, David D'Angelo, but for women and in Spanish. So instead of teaching men how to date, because I didn't know how to do that, I was learning how to do it, but I didn't get results yet. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, I can help women because I know how men think. I'm a psychologist. I'm studying psychology. So I can definitely help women. I can purchase courses. I can keep on studying and I can help them. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And, and I started my, my website. I started publishing articles 
and videos and it started having some traction. That's so awesome. So, and then up, up and away you went. And so how did you even launch this business? Or I guess I want to say, how did you launch it and would you do anything different if you had to do it over again? I think that I launched it the right way. I don't know. I think it was more organic way because even though I learned everything from even Pagan in that, that one, that first course, I was just trying to figure it out what they wanted. The, the thing that I did is I searched for the top selling books on that area, which was dating and relationship advice for women. That's what I've done. I, I searched. So I found three books. So I got those books and I read them mm-hmm. and I said, okay, this is what women are buying. As a psychologist, I might think, or I might believe that they need something different, but this is what they're buying. So right now, what I really need is I need to help them, definitely. And I also need them to hear me out. I am going to publish something that it's already been published or similar, already been published because I know it works. And then we'll go from there. So I started publishing articles from the same topic area, but with my boys. Mm-hmm. And then with that, I started giving away one-on-one sessions, free sessions, because I said, how do I know what to write about? If I haven't heard from them, so I know what to write about. It seems logical, but it, I don't know. That, that's, that was my, my reasoning and at that moment. So I offered one-on-one sessions for free, and I started putting it on Facebook and sharing it with the, in groups on Facebook. I didn't know how to do advertising back then, so I just shared it in as much groups as I could. And the articles were good, so they started getting some traction with their friends, with their female friends, and they started sessions. So I got about a hundred one-on-one sessions just from people sharing the articles. From those 100 people that were for free, about 45 of them asked me to keep on having those conversations in coaching manner. Mm -hmm. So I took 45 clients. Uh, At that moment, I was fresh out of college. I was just fresh out of college. Yeah, I was just finishing it. So for me to to step up out of college and suddenly have the 45 clients right now was really, really, really great for me. Yeah, yeah, fast. Because those were like weekly calls. So Mm. suddenly, yeah, there are more than 40 hours uh, of work, paid work a week right away. That was really good for me. Yeah, no kidding. It's busy. Yeah. It's a lot. Like, because there's, you, you, so it's not just a one hour call. There's the prep work before, there's the work after. So that's, that's like, yeah, that's an 80 hour Exactly. Week. Yeah. The good thing about that is that it gave me perspective on what they want to hear, what they need, what I really need. Well, two things. One thing is that to know what they really, really, really need. And the other is what they want because mm. it's different. It's completely different. They were coming to me, asking me on how to make him answer the text or how to make him to ask them out. But the whole thing was around self-esteem and confidence, asking for something different. So it was a huge revelation. With that information that I got over maybe a year, yeah, it took me close to a year, I wrote my book with all that information. And then that book was the thing that took off. That thing started selling like, like crazy, sold a lot. And that was the thing that actually changed my life. That was the thing that helped me build what, what I have right now, the book. But the book was built because of the experience and because of talking with all those women. If I have to do it all, all over again, the only difference that I would do is that I would write that book sooner. Because I believe that I had what they wanted or I had the understanding of what I wanted so much earlier. But somehow there was a voice inside of me saying, you don't have enough. You don't know enough. 
So you always need to read one extra book or you always need to know something else. And that belief kept me waiting for too long. Mm. Because today I realize now that I only need to be one step ahead of them so I can help them get where I am, for example. That was the only thing. That is the only thing that I would do different. Just just do it. Get it out. If you have to make second edition, you make a second edition. But right. that doesn't stop you from doing the first one. <laughs> I love that. That's a great tip. I love that so much. And I love what you said about only needing to be one step ahead because that's true. I remember when I had my martial arts school, I say that to my students that even if I like, you know, metaphorically speaking, I had the blueprint for a 12 story building, right? If you're stuck building from floor five to six, you don't need anything I know, Pat, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. You don't need any of that. Right, you just need that one floor. So I love you saying just staying one step ahead. So let's just recap again for the listeners. So you you went out and you did the research on what was already selling, and you made something similar to what was already selling because you knew even if it wasn't what they needed, you just wanted to be in the game. So you kind of made a bit of a me too product and you put it out there. And the next thing you did is you started writing articles on stuff and giving away free sessions so you could get on the phone with people and find out what the real problems they were having were. And then, like you said, you started syndicating the articles organically. You got 100 free sessions. Out of those 100 free sessions, you just managed to happen to get 45 paying clients, which provided you basically, you were you you had a full-time practice now in like no time at all. And then out of that and doing those interviews and talking with these women and working with them over the year, you got enough of what you needed that you then put all your knowledge together in a book. And then selling your book helped you build, I think you've got an audience of like 200,000 plus women right now. Yeah. And that's and that basically helped you launch and, and start everything you've got. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, definitely. That That is correct. That is correct. Got it. Got it. Got it. Well, that's impressive. That's super impressive. And I think that's very instructive for everyone here. And I love how you say that they just would have started sooner. I think that's one of my favorite quotes. A year from now, you'll wish you started today. You know, and that's exactly it. So very, very, very awesome. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you think you've had to figure out in building this online business and figuring out how to like how to run a business? Because it sounds like you didn't have any formal business training. No, 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 not at all. Not any formal business training. Everything I know, it's being out of, well, trainings, well, experience, basically, experience, books. And there is a lot of things. It depends on the stage of the business. I believe that every business has uh, certain stages. And depending on what stage you are is the insight that, that you need to, to move forward. For myself, one of the biggest things, well, the thing that actually helped me getting into business because Prior of that was just being self-employed. Uh-huh. It's realizing that I can that there is a lot of people out there that are that is way smarter than me. Uh-huh. That was the thing because I think that one of the problems that I had it's feeling that I'm so smart that I, that it's better to do it myself than to have someone else helping me. Uh-huh. That I am so smart that it's better to build it myself. That to to make teams with someone else because explaining to that person is going to be endless. So I better do it myself. That was one huge huge insight that I had from. And actually, I had it from this uh, tribal leadership book from mm-hmm. Dave Logan, where he talks about the five stages from the companies. And when he was talking about the stage three of the company, when he said that the number three person is a narcissistic, egocentric person, really smart that tries to compete with everyone. I, I really saw myself there because I, I, I used to, instead of 
building a team of people that I respect, that I look forward to spend time with, or that I really want to wanna grow myself with them. I look like, okay, I don't need that. I just need to pay someone for the project, mm. like tools. Right. Instead of looking at them like my, my mastermind group that is going to grow me also and grow them, I look at them like tools. And that mm. stopped me a lot. When I had that realization, that changed because prior to that, the business produced an amount of money that could help me live really good. And I used to spend a lot. And I used to use all that money for myself. And I purchased myself a car. And, and I used to travel. And I spend a lot of money. But when I realized that, I started using that money to build that team and to build that mastermind and to build assets mm. instead, of having, uh, instead of being self-employed. So I, I rented a place. I hired people. I spent time with them. I, I purchased computers. I purchased chairs. A lot of things. All the things that I needed to, to build a team. And I believe that was one of the biggest things for myself because that made me realize that if I really wanted to touch a lot of lives out there and help a lot of people, millions of people, I couldn't do it by myself. Right. I really need a team. And I really need a team that I look forward to spend time with. Not just any person. God, yeah, not just anything, but team you enjoy spending time with. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Smart people. That's an important caveat. I love that. So you realize that you could only do so much for your own and that you had a good job, but you couldn't really reach an effect and have as much impact on the world trying to just be a one-man show doing it all yourself. So and having to work with a team and build a team, have you learned any lessons with that? How, like, what do you think are some of the, the pillars of success that help you with having a team and managing a team and keeping everyone motivated towards a common goal? Yeah, with that, one of, one of the problems that I had is asking someone to do something that it's out of their area or out of their personality. And this is paradoxical for me because I'm a psychologist. Mm. And within my, my practice, I learned to, to respect and to hear someone from their point of view and to see the world through their eyes. Mm -hmm. My whole training, formal training was about that. And getting into business and not doing that and not using that got me into a lot of troubles mm -hmm. because I, well, there is another book, Patterns of Personality from Wyatt Woodsmall, where I got this information. There is a lot of, well, information about patterns of personality. There is everywhere, but particularly in that book, mm -hmm. there is different things he separate us. And one is the person that is creative and the person that is logic, this uh, digital, kinesthetic, visual, and uh, narrative person. Mm -hmm. The ones that are kinesthetic and, nar and narrative people, they like to have processes and they like to have order and they are really organized and they think in sequences. But the, the digital and visual people like myself, we are creative, we, we are visual, we, we get to think on images, so we're really fast. You can throw us a, a problem right now and we can figure it out because that's what we do. We, we improvise. Mm. And then my problem was to ask an, a narrative and kinesthetic person to do what I do. So I asked them to improvise and I asked them to be fast. I asked them to solve the problems like right now, you know, without any process at all. So I got frustrated with them because they couldn't be me or they couldn't do that as right. I was doing it. And then I fired them. And then I got people that could do it like me. But then just like me, they drop things at the middle of the way mm. because they get bored right. just like me. Right, right, <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> that was the problem. So it, it took me uh, a couple of months of, or years to, to realize that and, and just to 
to see the value of every person as they are, just as they are, and having them expand their vision and expand their, their abilities within what they really love and they are really passionate about, and just let them do their job because they can do it so much better than me. So my role, instead of being uh, on teaching them how to do what they need to be doing, my, my job became into just motivating them to do what they already know how to do and just to inspire them. And, and that was already built into my practice as a psychologist. So that was the easiest part once I realized it, you know. Right. Once, so, you accepted, once you started accepting people for who they were exactly. yeah, and the differences between people. Exactly, exactly. That's awesome. And just hiring the right person for the right role. So instead of trying everyone to do everything, just uh, realizing what are the core fundamental, how do you say in, in English, with, with uh, personality factors. Because one thing is that they know the theory or they know the technical side of the things you need. Mm -hmm. And something different is that they got the personality for that type of knowledge. Right. They got the personality, then you can build the tech part. The right. tech is easy, right. but the personality part is not. Right, 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 right. Yeah, you can teach someone skills, but you can't teach our, you said, behavioral traits motivators. In fact, I remember this activity okay. when I had my martial arts school. We were training up instructors, and a lot of people felt like they weren't good enough. They felt like, almost like you were saying, they had to know something new, something more, something else, right? They needed to have more knowledge and one more trick and one more certification. But we did a thing, and it was like, you know, at least in this scenario, you're a teacher, you're kind of a teacher and a coach and an instructor. So what they were instructed to do is set a timer and take two minutes and write down all the traits your ideal instructor for you. Don't even think about anyone else, but for you, write down what all the traits your ideal instructor would have. And then they would write them all down. And then it was like, or how many of those are skills and how many of those are characteristics? Like the difference between like, oh, there's a five-time world champion. He's patient. You know, he really listens to me. He, you know what I mean? Like he follows my development. There's a lot of these things that you're like, well, when you go and you look at it, 90% of it wasn't something like being a world champion. And in fact, at least with the martial arts, I've trained and I've had world championship coaches. And I've had some coaches that have never really done really well in competition. And I have coaches that have a mixed, mixed background. They've competed, done okay, and they're coaches. And I've had a mix of everything. I've had world-class coaches that were terrible instructors, terrible instructors. They know how to do it. They can't articulate how they get it done. And then I had coaches that were world champion instructors that were also really good coaches, but I've also had coaches that weren't champions that were really good too. So I just loved when you said that even in the beginning, like you would just gotten started sooner because of that because yeah that's that's such a common thing like oh i need to learn one more thing or, oh maybe i need to do this next and it's funny because even today it was about a different issue i was thinking that about something i was like ah oh, maybe i need to get that th this thing done and and then anyway so it was just kind of interesting that that came up yeah. now one thing i want to ask you about being having a psychiatry background being a, a dating and relationship advice expert how does this affect your relationship building online? I mean, obviously it helps improve, but I guess what I'm trying to get is that some practical advice for relationship building and even selling online or, or remotely. Okay. Like, how does that, how do you develop a solid relationship with someone that you never see face to face? And this is an interesting question because, because sometimes you just have to care. I believe that is the, that is the core thing. You just have to care to see what you're doing as a way of changing the world or changing someone's lives. Mm. It's one person out there that it's reading you 
there is actually a human being in the other side of the screen that is going to read what you're writing or going to see your video. Mm-hmm. And they are willing to change their lives. And whatever you say, they are, they are seeing you with authority. You got, you got a, a huge responsibility being in that spot because they are actually hearing you with authority and, and they want to change their lives. So if you care, that gets translated through everything that you write. Everything. Mm. Everything that you write, every video that you create, every post that you, that you put out there, every webinar. They just, they just know. And it's mm. something that, that can't be teach. Or I mean, if you read books on persuasion or, read, or books on motivation, there are some tricks here and there. Yes, it, it can be manufactured. Yes, you can get into some courses and they can give you templates on, on, on email writing. And they say, you just change your brand and you just change here and there, copy and paste, send, and it will work. And yes, it might work. But, but that connection that you get with your audience, with your customers, with it, they become friends with you. Mm-hmm. That only comes from you actually caring mm-hmm. of the person in the other side. Mm-hmm. So that is definitely a really humanistic answer because I'm a psychologist. But that, that, that's how I feel about it. And if I do that and if, I, if we see that on, on our business, that gets translated into the sequences, for example. During our, an autoresponder sequence, we don't start selling any product up until the email four, for example. If you need something mm. specific, we don't sell anything. And within the email four, we don't sell it straight. We send them into an article that the article, after providing really good value, then sells the thing. After that, we start selling on emails. And then we got some emails that are 100% sell. Yes. But that's after we already established authority, we already established that we care, we already gave them something in exchange for their time and, and effort. And we produce a lot of free content. A lot of free content. I, I really believe that moving the free line, it's the way to, to reach a lot of, a lot of people. We, we genuinely create videos just for the sole purpose of teaching them that we know what we're talking about and that they can change. Because if they believe they can change, they will follow you wherever you want to. Because the problem most of the times is not that they don't believe in you, is they don't believe in themselves. So if you give them the tools for them to believe in themselves, they are going to follow you. Yeah, I like that. That's really well said. I really like that. And that's true. So, right. So you're not trying to make the sale right, 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 right away. I mean, I think we can talk, you know, as digital marketers, sometimes if you're driving paid traffic, you have a specific offer. There's things like you can have an opt-in and then on the thank you page, you can have like a low dollar offer that then you offer upsells instead of just being like drive straight traffic straight to like a thousand dollar product. But for the most part, like you said, you're really trying to establish a rapport with the person first. You're trying to give before you, you know, before you take. Do you see a lot of mistakes? I mean, obviously, like, you know, I know where you are in Mexico. There's not a lot of other online entrepreneurs, but you are in the community and you do have a lot of friends. Do you see them make a lot of other people making mistakes, common mistakes that, you know, that you've already, you've had to avoid or you've worked through? Yes, yes. And mistakes in in different side of things. One big mistake that I see is that they overpromise. I see that a lot. Mm. I see that a lot. Just people trying to to get them the moon and, and the stars and everything you right. ever wanted. And and I know that you that you have to sugarcoat it so so it's more appealing for them, but sometimes it's just over the limit. Because actually for your conversions, it's gonna be so much better that they see you as someone real, that someone that it's offering way too much. 
For example, in, in the area of internal marketing here in, in, in Spanish, there is not a lot of the, the area of marketing online mm. in Spanish that is most developed. It's definitely how to make money online. And you see how they, some of them, not all of them, because there are some of them that are really, really legit and I admire them. For example, Emilio Karam, you, he's, he's really good. But there is, other, uh, uh, there is some people that they preach to teach you how to become a millionaire and they preach to teach you how to make a, without having that life themselves first. Mm. So they are just trying to impress the person in the other side. And, and at the end of the day, that damages us all. Yep. Because the person in the other side will see a lot of hype, a lot of information that is not true. And when they purchase, because in, in, in Spanish-speaking countries, maybe in, in English-speaking countries or first-world countries, you don't have that problem, well, that big of a problem. But here, for someone to take out their credit card and purchase online is a huge deal. Mm. It's a huge deal. A lot of my sales, uh, I could say maybe 40% of those maybe more, maybe 50% of those, were from someone that purchased for the very first time online. It's their very first experience yeah. online. And just to imagine that they're going to do that with someone else and that other person is just trying to make the sale and not really caring Care about, about them. So, yeah. Yes, it's, that is a huge, huge, huge problem. I, I think something that, that could be better is just under-promise and over-deliver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, well, it's just better business than anyways. I like that quote, promise them the moon and then take them on a helicopter ride. You don't want to do that. Yeah. So under promise, was it under promise, over promise? Yeah. And you know, that just is a better way to do business because even though you might not, you know, get as many sales as if you claim all the big things that, like you said, that you want to claim, you'll have happier clients. I mean, because you're always over delivering. That's a way better side of the fence to be on. For you to pick a side of the fence to be on, the guy that's always having to deal with refunds and people complaining because they're not getting the value that they think they've bought versus if you're the one that said, hey, I'll help you with this little thing. And then you give them this truckload of value after, afterwards. So, Yeah. And actually, now that you mention it, most of them, they don't even ask for their money back because they feel scammed. Mm -hmm. They don't even feel, they, you know what, they, they feel that they paid you and it didn't work or it was not what they expected. They feel betrayed. So there is no point in asking for their money back. So right, since you weren't point. since you weren't honest to begin with, exactly. why am I going to waste my time? They yeah, feel they feel you're not going to give it back. You're not going to give it back, and they don't even do it. And I and I know that because I've done live workshops, and I've I've heard them saying that they wouldn't even send an email asking for the money back, not because the product is good, but because they don't even trust the person to do it, and that is going to be a lot of effort wasted, and they just want to forget that painful situation right. because they were exposed emotionally, and then it it didn't work. So, and also if you take a look at a business, it's not about making one, one hit wonder. It's not about one sale. No. Your business is going to grow when you take a look at the lifetime value of the customer. Yep. And as you just mentioned with digital marketing that they do it uh, beautifully, you, you have to structure how is going to be the, the path of your customer during years to come, not just tomorrow. Yep. So even though you're going to get less conversions right away, yep. As long as you have a lifetime value of your customer that can afford to purchase another customer so you yep. can pay for it on advertising, then you will have a really amazing business. Yep. I love, I love what you're talking about because you can't really build a substantial business. Yeah, you might be able to make some money, but you know, 
I think that's a poor mentality to have, and I hope if hopefully this might help anyone that's listening to the call. But you know, making like fifteen thousand dollars in a day, or fifty thousand dollars in a day, or six hundred and fifty thousand dollars in a week, or even a million dollars in you know in in a few months, that may sound like a lot of money. And I know compared to where you're at, it might seem like a lot of money. But the reality is, is like I don't know about anyone else, but when I was making you know when I was a kid and I was making like fifteen hundred dollars a month, my lifestyle spent fifteen hundred dollars a month. And then when I was making more, I was making two thousand dollars a month, my lifestyle spent two thousand dollars a month. So money comes and goes so easily. What's I love what you said. It's about the long term relationship and that's the real value. It's not the one time sale you have with a customer. It's the relationship that you know that like because here's and, and Louis, I know you know this, so but I think for the listeners, like they say the money is in the list for the reason of, you know, like Louis got an audience of hundreds of thousands of women who look to him for advice with their relationships. You know, and then on top of that, out of that hundred those hundreds of thousands, he's got tens of thousands of customers. You know, and out of those two groups, because if he takes good relation uh, care of them, just like you would like your best friends, if you just treated people so well, he knows that at any point in time you can turn to them and make an offer and he'll make sales so whether he's got bills to pay or he needs to put food on the table or he wants to go on a vacation he knows that he's got audiences of people that he's taking care of that he can turn to and that is an asset that is huge that's that that's that like relationship capital that takes you to the next level apple can launch a terrible product and make money and then just get feedback from people and improve the product i mean they've done that they've launched products and people are like that was kind of terrible and you know and they do a recall or they fix it and they come out the next version or whatever they can but the reality is, is that it's a about the long-term relationship like hey i want to be the person you come to for help with blank for the rest of your life and i want to be the person you send your friends and family to to help with blank for the rest of your life and just do that so well and really care about people and like you say if you take care of enough people they'll take care of you now you do have to ask for the money though right <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I just want definitely, to put that caveat in there. You do have to yeah, ask for the money. Yeah, yeah. If you if you just uh, give away and give away and give away, that is not going to to come back by magic. Right. I mean, you definitely have to ask for the sale. It's just you have it. It's about timing. And I this thing I also said a lot with the relationship advice. It's all about timing. Timing is the thing because you can have the most beautiful detail for the most beautiful woman, and if you don't have it in the perfect time it's not going to work you know you just not you just have to know when to do it and, and asking for the sale is the same if you do it in the right moment with the right words you will get the sale but if you don't then they are not going to want to see you anywhere else now i have a question i get this question a lot and i love to hear other people's answers on it how do you balance because you say you produce a lot of free content so what do you sell and how do you right how do you put out great quality free content and then sell something afterwards do you give it all away and then charge them for the exact same stuff how do you balance that how do you balance giving a bunch of stuff away and then having something to sell afterwards the huge difference that uh, that they are going to to find in one well from the products is that it's organized knowledge that is one thing that they're looking for because they might look for every part of whatever they want for free. Yeah, but how long is that going to take them? You can have everything organized. That's one thing. And the other thing is that the inside. People buy from you because they like you, because they, they trust you, because they trust themselves to go through with what you have. So what I do is in every piece of content that I produce, I quote a lot other products that I have. 
And I say, yeah, but if you would like to know more about persuasion, there is this course that I got, but that is not from today's topic. And then I just keep on going, just like smoothly putting it there. And then there is people that go there. And then I just keep on doing the same. And then at the end, I make, well, right after I, I build a lot of really good content, I make a sale. Every piece of content that I got out there, just for the first four or five in the email responder sequence, they recommend a product. Everything mm. recommends a product. And it says why this product is important for what you have here. And I also say, you know what, if you, don't, if you can't purchase it or you don't want to purchase it right now, that is okay. But if you ever get to have slash frustration mm -hmm. again, you know this is going to be here for you, waiting for you to get the result you actually want to. And then there it goes, all the persuasion and the hotspots and, and everything else. But it goes at, at the bottom of everything. And it goes when it's perfectly related to the content. So I, what, what I ask myself is that, okay, if they stopped the audio or they stopped the, the video right when I start making the sale, would that be valuable for them? Yes, that we are go, we're okay. If they keep on hearing, would that be still valuable for them? Yes. Okay, then we're okay because the sale, even though it's a sale, it's still dropping hints on how they can improve themselves into the, into the course. So you don't always reveal everything in, in all of your courses, in all of your free content. Mm -hmm. So you give a piece and then they go for the, for the rest in your course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've actually heard some people say that. You know, if people want to comb through your blog or whatever you've got you know, and look for all the gems and then write them down and then kind of hobble them to cobble them together they can do that you know like everything i have in my courses you can probably find for free through all my interviews and xyz but you got to listen to them all and then you have to figure out what the pieces are and then you have to put them in an order and then right and then figure that out and if you have questions you're gonna have to answer those on your own whereas if you just get my course or my book or whatever it's all laid out here a to z i think you're right i think i agree in this day and age there's so much information online what people are looking for is they're looking for the most relevant precise information to help them with the exact problem they're trying to solve so yeah. that makes perfect sense and that's how you do it so you'll have an article talking about a topic and then it'll recommend the course that's related hey if you're interested in this and want more information on this topic highly recommend you check out blank 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 right yep, yep yeah that's pretty that's pretty easy so do you have any personal habits as a business owner that you feel have helped you on your path to success personal habits one of the things that i just keep on doing that it never never stops it's the the learning part mm. that that just never stops i just keep on learning uh, as soon as i finish uh, one book i just pick another one i use all the time in between for example when i when i do exercise i i do exercise every day when i'm running i'm hearing an audiobook when i'm driving well in my city we don't have traffic at all the 10 minutes that i I take from my place to my office, I hear something like this. Yeah, there's, for Mexico City, you can take two hours from your place to, to your right. office. But yeah, or, here, or if it's I, raining, or if yeah. it's raining, like when I had to get to the airport, the yeah. roads were flooded. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 that happens in, in bigger cities. I'm in a really small city, so I, I take uh, 10 minutes from my home to my office. But still, I take that space to keep on growing myself. And that I believe has helped me a lot is that question that I ask myself every time I do anything is just, is there any better way to do this? Is there any faster way to do this? Is there anyone smarter than me on this area that can help me out with this? Mm. Those three things, they're, they're like built in. 
for some time in my life, I had to put them in, in stickers, in, uh, in stickers on, on my desktop so I could see them every time. And then now they are built in. So every time I'm, I'm about to do anything on my business, I ask those three questions. Mm. And the last one is, is anyone else that can help me out with this, that it's smarter than me on this? And it has helped me a lot, a lot. Something you're really good with putting, like you've got partners for your business. Like I said, you got your team. You're really good with collaborating with other people. Yeah. Um, that's definitely something that stood out to me, just working with you and knowing you and, and just watching you go and grow. So that's, that's a good question. That's a really good question. I think everyone here listening should write that down. Is there anyone smarter than me that I can reach out to to get involved and maybe partner with to help me with this project? That's a great, that's a great, great, great one. You know, you can, you can pay them up front. You can give them a piece of the action. You can give them some equity in the business. You can try to negotiate, you know, barter. I'll do the, if you do this for me, I'll do that for you. There's a lot of ways you can work with people. That's huge. That's a really good tip. It's a really good tip because people, I mean, all the company is is a collection of people working towards a common goal. So if you get the right group of people together, I mean, what was the thing? If you're trying to train to get to the win a gold medal in the Olympics for judo and your training partners are the last gold medalist champions or the the gold medal champions for the last five Olympics, (laughs) you, right? Yeah, you got yeah, a yeah. really good shot at winning. You, the last five people who won gold medals are you on your team helping you train so you can win <laughs> a gold. That's way better than the guy that's in the garage trying to figure it out on his own. Yeah, um, definitely. So that's so well said. That's so well said. So reading, studying, exercising. I think you glazed over that, but you exercise every day, oh. constantly learning. That's something really else. Too. Something else that I, that I uh, forgot to mention, but it's also critical uh, emotionally. To be stable emotionally has helped my business enormously. And that is due to the relationship that I have. Mm. I have a really, really great relationship with the woman that I love. And I truly believe that having her in my life, that having choose her and she choosing me as a person to, to be by my side when, when I do all these things has been critical. Because there are moments where I, I might have a lot of stress because I need to present or I, may, I might be into a lunch and I might have to, to fix things on, on the last minute. But she's right there with me. Mm. And there are moments where, where she has the same thing and I'm, her, and I'm on those moments with her. And when I need to relax, she's there. And when I'm stressed, she's there. And just to have that space, that protected space to be myself to be vulnerable, to be strong at the same time, mm-hmm. gives me all the confidence and stability to get back in my job, my business, mm-hmm. and actually get things done. Mm-hmm. So definitely that is one of the major things because, I mean, if I had a relationship that drained energy from me instead of filling myself with energy, mm-hmm. I couldn't see my business growing at all. Yep. And, That's yeah. true because you'll focus on what is lacking. So if anyone listening to this, if they're lonely, you know, they'll probably end up spending a ton of time trying to fill that void and not focusing on their business. They'll be procrastinating on work, but it's not that they're procrastinating. It's that they have a higher, they have a more important need that's unfulfilled. That's huge because you're right. It's hard to build a business. It's hard to be productive. Routine is so important. I mean, it's, you know, it's not to be a monotonous routine. It's supposed to be liberating. By having a constant routine, it frees you up that it becomes easier. If you wake up and go to the gym at 630 every morning, it's easier to do 
that and then you enjoy the benefits of that because the more you do it, same thing. If you paint every afternoon at 3 p.m., you'll be easier. It will be easier for you to paint and you'll actually be more creative because your body gets used to it. And so you're kind of primed for it. So some people are afraid of getting kind of, I'm making air quotes, like bogged down in a routine. But at the same time, it can be very liberating because it can make it easier for you to accomplish stuff. And I just want to point something out here because you said this in passing. You're like, I'm in a small town and it takes me 10 minutes to drive from one end to the other. So I just, I love this because the power of good marketing skills, the power of having quality information, the power of really wanting to reach people and help people and the power of, of, of getting this stuff to work, you've affected and you've reached over 10 million people from a small town that takes you 10 minutes to drive across. Yeah. I just love that because I just want to say like cause some people, they put people on a pedestal like, oh, you must, if you're an expert, you must live in a penthouse in New York and, that, you know, that's not it at all. In fact, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be in any case. Like you're affecting hundreds of thousands of lives, literally. And, you know, you don't, if you can do it from the comfort of your own home, that's just, yeah. that's amazing. I mean, you got an office, but still you work from, right? Anywhere you got a laptop yeah, yeah. and internet connection. So. That's awesome. That's huge. I like and that actually, so much. Now, now that you mentioned that, I, I, I'd like to mention that it's the, the, the thing is that it gives you purpose. Part of it, if not a lot of it, the purpose that I have right now goes around with, with my family, mm-hmm. goes around with my wife, with the family that we want to build. And that's the reason why I do a lot of the things that I do. Mm. And that it's also the reason why we choose to, to live here, because we had a conversation on, on moving into a bigger place. And that's good that you meant that you brought that up, because... Sometimes you just have to put in a balance. Why are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you get caught up into working, into getting results, into getting money, into getting numbers. And at the end of the day, if they are not giving you the quality of life that you want now, yep. then what's the point? Yep. I mean, you, I mean, it's really great to have ambition and to have something to look forward to. I definitely will back that up. And it's also important that you enjoy your present. Mm. So if your business is not giving you the present that you want, something is wrong. Mm. You can't put your present, I mean, your, your quality of life for tomorrow and just keep yeah. on doing that for the, for the next year. Yeah. I mean, you might want to do it for a crunch. Maybe you got a launch or something. But you're, you're, I agree with that so much because I've been there. I mean, I lived in Japan for three years. And this is, a play, this is a country where they have a word. There's a word. There's a term for have, working yourself to death. There's like a word. They're like, oh, he died. Like he killed himself working. Like that's, that's an actual term. They have one of the craziest average work schedules in the world. Their average work, work schedule for – I'm making air quotes again sal- – salary man is 10 hours a day, six days a week. And I remember when I was there, most people commute at least an hour, at least an hour. I remember my commute when I first moved to Tokyo, I was, it was an hour and a half each way. And I was still putting in my 10 hour day. And if you're putting in overtime, you know, you're working well over that. And I mean, what kind of lifestyle is that? And then I've been on the flip side where I have, I've worked from home and you're on that grind and you're making, like, it really is, it is a balance. Money doesn't buy happiness. You know, money will make you happy as long as you can afford everything you need to. But then at some point there are things that are super important and you can't take it with you. You don't want to be the richest man in the graveyard. We do count business success with money because usually that helps indicate how many customers you've been able to serve, how many people you've been able to reach and affect and and assist and it's noble to make money it's noble to make that a goal of yours to make a lot of money because of who you will have to become 
to generate that money? Who, if you to, for you to generate a million dollars, the person you have to become as a leader, as a manager, as a role model, as an expert, as right, as a guide, as a you know, as a as an evangelist for human growth and development in whatever field you're doing. You know, I think that's really noble. But like we say, we're not talking about flash in the pan, scam artists, pop up, make some money, disappear, you know, to have a long standing asset. I mean, even with some online businesses, I was joking with a friend of mine because he's got an he's got an online business that's automated and he's got I think he's up to 300 and something steps. So he's got 300 and something sales funnels you can go down. It's like a choose your own adventure, depending on what you click on. You'll go down one of these, right? Like you were talking about the article, if they click, nice. right? The email, the article. But he was saying that it's already paid off for the next three years. He's paid off his web service. Paid off. He's like, I could die today and no one would know for years because they would still be getting his emails <laughs> and it's paid off for the next three years. They think it's like his birthday because his email goes on his birthday. Like he's just like, you know, just keep going. It would just go forever and forever and forever. So anyways, Louis, is there anything I didn't ask you that I should have asked you? Well, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, well, something else that I would like to say is that enjoy the ride more than the actual, well, to, it, the thing here is, is to enjoy the ride because everything, you're going to have challenges all around your, your business, all around your relationship also. And the thing is just to, to enjoy the ride and, and just keep on going. With relationships, I always go with the, with the part of it's better and to fix one relationship that you have than to throw everything out of the window and start all over again. Because, I mean, you're going with yourself. So the, the problems and paradigms that you have are going to come with you too. And I believe that with business, it's something similar. So it's better to... Something that I found as a mistake in, in the area now, now that I mention it is that they try one niche and that don't make them millionaires overnight. So they change another niche and that doesn't make them millionaires overnight and then change over another niche. And in that other niche, there is a lot of competition. So they change again. And I believe that it's the same as relationships. You just have to pick one and stick with it and become the best version of yourself with that one. And you will see results. Mm. Yes, that's I'm I'm so there's, I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Joe Polish is an expert. He's been around for a while, and he talks about how he was a struggling carpet cleaner, and that yeah. he got to networks with some big business owners, and he was asking about what's a good industry to get into because this carpet cleaning thing really sucks. You know, like this is a terrible <laughs> niche. There's no one. You know, there's no money in it. And then the guys ask, well, is there anyone that has like a million dollar business in carpet cleaning? And he's like, well, yeah, there's a couple of guys, but you know, they're in special areas. He's like, no, 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 they're not in special areas. They just, you, you suck. They don't <laughs> suck. You suck. There's obviously, yeah. like if they can do it, they can obviously make it work. And if you change your industry, you're just going to suck in that industry too. Like that's it. You're just going to change industries and you're still just going to suck. So you better fix what's wrong and then get good. And then if you want to change industries, okay, but at least then you'll have the skills in place and you'll know the fundamentals. So I yeah. love that. And the next thing, I just want to back up what you were saying about enjoying the journey. Alan Watts, I love, I love Alan Watts. He's a philosoph uh, philosopher, and he has this great video on music and life where he talks about, like, at the point of music, like, we have this thing that it's always about getting to the end goal, right? You go through school, and the goal is to graduate. And then once you graduate, the goal is to get hired by a good company. And then once you get with a good company, the goal is to make a ton of money. And then once you make a ton of money, the goal is to mm -hmm. retire. And then once you retire, like, it's just this whole, like, you, this whole thing. And it's like, we're always chasing the goal. And if music was like that, people would go to see a concert just to hear the last chord like just <laughs> right just hear the big finale but it's not it's a musical thing and you're supposed to sing and dance while the music is playing 
And I love that. And you just kind yeah. of express that. And I think that's really important and a great thought to finish on. So, but I want to respect your time, Louis, and I appreciate you coming and sharing with everyone here today. I value your friendship and your mentorship and just everything that's that we've shared over the years. And I just wish you and your family all the best. It's truly an honor and a pleasure to know you and to watch you grow and to grow myself. And I just wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Daryl, for, for inviting me. I also respect you a lot. I think you're a great coach. You're a great business owner and a great person. I'm really happy to have you with, with my friends. Thank you very much for the invitation. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, what three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.